Welcome back to the S Functional Longevity Podcast. We give you insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. I hope this is recording for us um, because I am not live today. Uh, I had to record it a little bit earlier, but um, I think we have everything set up correctly. You know, me and technology, there are some issues at times. But anyway, first, I would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to what I have to say this afternoon. I'm always very appreciative of that. I take that lightly. Everyone's busy, and to sit and listen to what I have to say for the next 15, 20 minutes means a lot to me. A little bit of housekeeping. If you are interested in getting any show notes or transcript of today's broadcast or any of our 232 broadcasts, you can head on over to yesfitnessct.com. Scroll on down to where you see podcasts, click on there, and it'll give you access to whatever information that you'd like. You can also get this broadcast wherever you normally get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, or whatever. So we're going to continue with our discussion today on the nine hallmarks of aging. And today we're going to give you two ways, actually more than two ways, to silence the dangers of epigenetic noise to extend your health span. Think of our genome as a piano with 30,000 separate keys, our genes. And genetics plays that piano, deciding which keys or genes will get played or expressed and which ones stay silent. When there's too much epigenetic noise, the direction of the cells becomes muddled and confused and the cells become dysfunctional, which as we know, will lead to damage. And what causes this epigenetic noise and what can we do about it? So let's just start off right here, back to the beginning again. We talk about aging. Aging is the inevitable part of life. But as you know, as you've listened to me, my broadcast, you know, it doesn't mean we can't slow or in some case reverse that aging process. And today I'm going to continue to break down the theory of the nine hallmarks of aging and the causes that occur at the biological level and how our lifestyle can affect them and what we can do to slow them. Remember, the human body is a massive analog clock with thousands of moving bits and pieces. In every moment of the day, each component interacts with each other. They all interact together, enable your body to perform a wide range of missions critical to things like breathing, locomotion, cell division, and other functions of the body. And as time passes, like most systems and most machines, this massive system progressively wears out through direct damage and DNA repairs that are not 100% perfect. And the accumulation of waste products and the wearing out of the repair process itself all leads to aging. And these, all these factors impair function, negatively affecting physiological integrity and increase vulnerability to disease and death. In a nutshell, this is what aging is all about. So just a real quick review on what the hallmarks of aging are. They can be best described as events or factors that cause a system-wide deterioration of our organismal function. And the nine cellular marks of aging are the genomic instability and 
telomere attrition or telomere some people like to say we've already covered those two today we're going to talk about epigenetic alterations deregulation of nutrient sensing mitochondrial dysfunction cellular senescing and stem cell exhaustion and finally the altered intercellular communication where the cells can't even talk to themselves internally correctly As we know, aging is inevitable, and Ben Franklin famously said one time, there are only two things certain in life, death and taxes. And I'm not quite sure taxes is something that everyone in the world has to do, but under the title death, we all know that it's inevitable. And as we age, our bodies changes, a range of hormonal and physiological, change, physiological changes occur and alter how we move, how we feel, how we look. So let's jump right into this and get to the third hallmark of this series in epigenetic alterations. Now, not to be confused with genome, which instructs the cell on how to replicate. The genome talks to the cell, tells it how to replicate. The gene, epigenome tells the cell what to do. A good analogy is to think of our genome as a piano of 30,000 separate keys or genes. Epigenetics plays the piano, deciding which of the keys or genes will get played or expressed. Genes get expressed. And which ones will stay silent? Which one of those genes will be silent? Your, inherit, in your in, inherited genetics, your DNA, as a piano keyboard. Okay, Think of it as a piano keyboard. And then epigenetics determines how the keys play music. The primary players in this concert are molecular substances that affix to our genome and have markers. These markers, in turn, give cells specialized functions and regulate how they function. If too many markers accumulate, if what we call if there's too much genomic noise, or epi, pardon me, if there's too much epigenetic noise almost confused myself, if there's too much epigenetic noise, the directions become muddled and the cells become dysfunctional. This dysfunction leads to identity loss of the cells themselves. They don't know what cells they're supposed to be. Nerve cells begin to act like muscle cells or lung cells and, and lung cells might start to activate like muscle cells and they many degenerate to the point of becoming zombie-like. And we'll talk about zombie-like cells a little bit further in one of the episodes further down. But over the past two decades, scientists have realized that rather than focus on changing or editing genes, the way to slow the aging process may be to change the song the piano plays or what the epigenome tells certain cells to do. Our genes determine what our bodies will do. Epigenetics determine which genes will be turned on or off or which genes will be expressed. A helpful way to think about this point is that in our bodies, our entire DNA is the same. Yet all of our organs have specific roles. There's liver cells, there's cancer cells, pardon me. There's liver cells, there's skin cells, there's heart cells, there's muscle cells. And the epigenetics tells each cell what to become by turning on or off. As we age, epigenetic alterations, also refer, referred to as 
epigenetic drift occur that can express cell functionality. A common alternation that occurs is the switching off of immune cells, which is why we age and become more vulnerable to infection and pathogens. Epigenetic alterations cause more than downregulating downregulation of cell functionality. They can also damage DNA through histone modification, methylation patterns, and more. We're not going to get too deep into that because that is a rabbit hole in trying to explain what that is, what histone modification is, methylation patterns are. But to prevent epigenetic alteration, some primary research has posed the idea of dietary supplementation. A lot of things come back to diet, right? And one study, study published back in Biochemistry and Pharmacology in 2010 argued that our diets heavily influence gene expression by the way of exasperating or decreasing inflammation, a precursor to epigenetic alterations. Alongside dietary manipulation, a range of environmental and lifestyle factors can influence epigenetic alterations. As you might imagine, we're on a podcast that talks about exercise a lot. So regular exercise alters the gene expression pattern in multiple tissues. We're not quite sure why we just went dark there, but can modify DNA methylation patterns, promoting epigenetic functionality. And that was explored in a 2004 study. One such epigenetic modification is the remodeling of chromatin caused by the increase of brain-derived neurotropic factors during physical activity. Keep that player's piano rolling free of damage. Keep the piano playing correctly. That way beautiful music can be played. The causes of epigenetic alterations is a change in the chemical structure of DNA that does not change the DNA coding sequence. And the epigenetic alterations occur in the body when chemical groups called methyl groups are added or removed from DNA or when changes are made to proteins called histones that bind with DNA in chromosomes. So there's several lifestyle factors, more than just exercise and nutrition. That have been identified with mighty modifying epigenetic patterns. Okay, mightily modify it. So, uh, obesity, tobacco smoking, alcohol consumption, environmental pollutants, psychological stress, and like working nights, night shifts. All these things can negatively affect the epigenetic patterns of your body. These epigenetic changes influence the way our gene, genetic material, or DNA work in the body. An epigenetic change happens when lifestyle or environmental factors cause a particular gene to turn on and off when it's not supposed to. In the case of cancer, for example, such changes might turn a gene that enables abnormal cells to grow. So can we improve our epigenetics? While none of us can change the genes that our parents gave us, we can improve the way our bodies use genes through epigenetic modifications, which is possible through a healthy diet, 
exercise. Make sure that we're drinking plenty of water, getting plenty of sleep, not smoking, reducing our, our alcohol consumption, keep in check our mental and physical health. These are the things that are important, things we talk about all the time, things that have all things that I believe in the first two episodes of this series had some type of effect on the nine hallmarks of aging. So physical exercises, but don't show them to reduce and even reverse these epigenetic mutations, increasing expression levels of tumor suppressing genes and decreasing expression levels of ecogenes. So generally it has been shown that acute and long-term exercise has significant effect on DNA methylation and an important aspect of epigenetic modifications. So without getting into how all these DNA methylation works and things like that, keep in mind, we need to exercise and we need to continue to exercise. A thought on nutrition, like in most areas of health and longevity, dietary factors have become an agents of strong interest in the field of epigenetics and several bioactive dietary components that appear to have the potential to prevent disease and promote overall health has been identified. Several naturally occurring dietary phytochemicals have been demonstrated to have anti-sarcinogenic, or I don't know if you'll be able to say this, anti-carcinogenic properties. It may play a role in regulating biological processes. Many studies have shown that natural products have epigenetic targets in cancer cells and act as a cancer preventive agent. Compounds find in dietary phytochemical preparations such as teas, garlic, soy products, herbs, grapes, are all generally accepted to defend against the development of many different types of tumors as well as, as an epigenetic modulators that impact not only the initiation but also the progression of ecogenesis. Pardon me, oncogenesis, which has to do with oncology and cancer. I talk about it all the time. Good nutrition is important. It doesn't have to be 100% all the time, but the majority of the time you want to have some good nutrition. Now we have some research done at, um, that was published in PubMed back in 2019 by the... Again, we went dark. I'm not really quite sure why we went dark, but hopefully this is still recording correctly. And the research was done on epigenetic modifications as outcomes of exercise interventions related to specific metabolic alterations. And this is a systematic review. And the sections of the review were organized by metabolic alterations in which studies were grouped according to health, diseased, and trained individuals. Resistance exercise in the human induced epigenetic changes in the pathways associated with energy metabolism, and insulin sensitivity, contributing to health, healthy skeletal muscle. Endurance exercises also cause modification in biomarkers associated with metabolic alterations through changes in DNA methylation and the expression of specific uh, M 
IRNAs. <coughs> Excuse me. However, both resistance and endurance exercise is necessary to obtain a better physiological adaptation and a combination of both seems to be needed to properly tackle the increasing prevalence of non-communicable pathogens. <coughs> All this means, like with most of the other things we talk about, good nutrition, get enough sleep, no smoking, limit your alcohol consumption, Stay in a good state of mind. Let's make sure we're not under a lot of stress. And of course, exercise. Consistently exercise. Don't need to be killing yourself, but you need to be hitting those guidelines. Strength training a couple times a week. Make sure it's progressive. You get 150 to 300 minutes of moderate intensity activity to 75 to 150 minutes of intense activity, cardiovascular activity, some kind of hit training. That lays it out for you again. The guidelines necessary to help with those epigenetic alterations because you don't want them. You can grab a copy of my book. I have a link in the notes here where I talk more about the nine hallmarks of aging, and it includes a an exercise program that can be modified to be done at home or in a gym facility and for any, any and all levels of fitness. If you have any questions about this, certainly get a hold of me. I'm always available. And I'd love to talk about this stuff with you. Give me a call, text me, email me, whatever it might be. And um, I look forward to be backing live again next Tuesday with more information on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Thanks for watching and have a great evening.